This edition of Farming the Countryside is brought to you by Pivot Bio Proven. Turn to a better nitrogen. Learn more at pivotbio.com. Welcome to Farming the Countryside. I'm Andrew McCray. You're going to enjoy Willie Cowan. He's lived most of his life around Fort Pierce, South Dakota. He began his career at Fort Pierce Livestock in the early 1960s, and in those years, he's traveled to many, many ranches, and now works with the third and fourth generation of cattle producers. You'll be interested in what he says has changed, what hasn't, and some of his unique experiences. It's our topic for this week's Farming the Countryside, brought to you by Pivot Bio. One of the biggest concerns for farmers are rising input prices, and at the top of many lists, of course, is nitrogen. Even with those higher prices right now, you still need nitrogen, and in today's world, I'm always looking for ways to increase bushels while still using more sustainable farming methods. That led me to Pivot BioProven 40, which can produce up to the equivalent of 40 pounds of synthetic nitrogen. Our field demonstrations have shown an opportunity for a better ROI and a reduction of synthetic nitrogen. Turn to a better nitrogen with Pivot Bio. I hope you'll learn more. Just go to pivotbio.com. If you've never been to Pier and Fort Pier, South Dakota, you should make the time to go. The towns on either side of the Missouri River are a scenic spot in the central part of the state. Pier, of course, has the state capital. Fort Pier has one of the largest cattle auctions in the country, and at that auction, for parts of the last seven decades, you'll find Willie Cowan. Willie turns 85 this week, and he has got much more to share than just stories from his longevity. What he has seen, experienced, and done has impacted people far and wide. He is a true cowboy that can speak to what has changed and what remains the same. I truly enjoyed my visit with him, and I think you'll enjoy it too. And be sure to hold on till the end when he talks about the rodeo season when air conditioning almost trumped his wife-to-be. I grew up at Highmore, South Dakota, and in, uh, I was born in uh, the 6th of September, 1937. Huh. And haven't been very far from here uh, in all these years. I guess uh, I did have a scholarship to be on the rodeo team in, in southwest Texas in, in the 50s. You know, 57, I guess, and other than that, I've been within in uh, 50 miles of here all my life. You grew up, I guess, kind of on the family ranch then, is that right? Yep, and, and right after World War II, my dad had a, had a contract with the United States government. In three years, he sent 10,000 horses to Yugoslavia and Czechoslovakia. The United States government was, was buying them, and... Uh, so my brother and I were horseback all the time, uh, pretty young, but um, every, for lack of better words, the good guys were in the Army, and all they could hire was the ones that wouldn't fit. So us boys were, I had a brother that uh, was 14 months older than I, and uh, anyway, we were horseback all the time. And uh, Dad treated us pretty, pretty grown up. I've been pretty lucky, you know. I, I was born at home, and uh, somebody said, "Well, why was you born at home?" And I said, "I guess because mother was there." But uh, you know, when 
Then when I was 16, I had my appendix out, and two years ago I had to spend a night in the hospital for something. That's it. You know, I've had broken ribs and whatever. I mean, I, you know, when you grow up being a cowboy, uh, why um, things happen. <laughs> well, you, you talk about being a cowboy. How have things changed as far as the ranch and the cowboy life in Fort Pierre? Do you think it's a lot the same as when you grew up, uh, you know, back then? Well, it, it, it's changed some, yes. Uh, you know, the, a little bit of it is a, a lot of stuff now because of the help and stuff. Uh, maybe they got to use a four-wheeler rather than, than the cowboys. But uh, there, there's still a lot of these West River ranches that are, are still handled to horseback and, and done a lot the same way that they were back then. And, and uh, how would you say maybe they still part of them still come to town and act like they did way back when you know uh but you know it, it's it's i guess i'm a lucky guy i uh, uh we had six children uh, uh we we actually had uh, had five and then uh, uh 11 years later somebody bet me i couldn't do it anymore and we got a little girl but um, and, and they grew up, all of them, in, in the Western way of life and, uh, and still are, you know. And, uh, you know, I, I think to be able to raise your family in a community like this and stuff is just special. What is so special about Fort Pier, do you think? Well, I, I, I think that, you know, everybody here pretty much – you see them in the street and whatever, they'll either stick their hand out and shake it or they'll they'll nod to you and call you by name or whatever. They're still, I don't know if ranchy is a pretty good word, but uh, uh, they know you, uh, they'll speak to you. And just like at Fort Pier Livestock, you know, the people that you meet through the years and whatever. And they say that Willie Cowan knows uh, every back road from, from the Jim River to into Montana, and um, you know the people that 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 you meet, and and you, I think just through the years, the the friendship that you've made, and the families that you know, and and you know, and in the '70s things were pretty tough. People were having hell just staying lit, you know, and you and you kind of got in with them a lot. I, I don't think yes, Fort Pierce changed. You know, but in the same token, a lot of ways it hasn't changed in, in all the years. Yeah. You mentioned hard times. Do you think that a lot of these family ranches, you've got a lot of people that sell at Fort Pier that have for many, many years. Those ranches, though, still going strong, even though sometimes we have tough times in the cattle industry? Yes. You know, I think that, that I, I get to deal with now sometimes a third and the fourth generation that have, have come to Fort Pier and uh, you know, I think the I think this sale barn was started, if if I'm right, in 1949. And uh, I don't know what year that Leif Hansen got into it, but in the early 50s. And now, then his son, and now his uh, his son Brian, and now now Brian's son. Is a, he's just a junior in high school, but he sorts cattle there and whatever. And, you know, Fort Pier Livestock's always been to where the young guys could get a job and make a little money, the ranch, you know. And, and uh, you know, we, um, I guess it, you know, Fort Pier is, I don't know, it's still a cowboy town. 
Yeah. What year did you start at the livestock auction then? Well, I guess actually probably in in 60, uh, 61 in there and, and, you know, maybe just pinned back or did this or that. But I think uh, I think 40 years ago, I, I, when things got tougher in hell, I needed something besides my ranch. And, and uh, anyway, then I went to work for him full time. Yeah. You mentioned you've been on a lot of different ranches. How far a, a territory would Fort Pier cover? Because you draw cattle from a long ways from, from here. Well, actually, like I said, from the Jim River, that's, you know, here and along in there. And then you go west, oh, clear into, you know, like now, uh, Bozeman, Montana, uh, you know, and all of western South Dakota into Nebraska. And, uh, you know, that's where cattle come from. Buyers, Lord, might come from Missouri, uh, Oklahoma, whatever. And, uh, you know, and Fort Pierre Livestock has got the reputation of handling the cattle right and, and handling the people right. What's been the biggest changes you've seen in the cattle industry since you've been at Fort Pierre? Because you've seen a lot of time. Uh, what's the biggest changes? Well, I, I, I think better cattle. Uh, I, I think, you know, when I, when I first was around there, they might have some Hereford, some Charlet and whatever. And now, uh, whatever, you know, if the ranch has got black Angus, they got good black Angus. And if they've got uh, red Angus, they got good red Angus. And if they got Hereford, they got good Herefords. And, and I think the people have, through the years, have, uh, you know, worked hard to, to get that. And I think that's a little bit of why Fort Pier, why the people come, you know, the the buyers and what come to Fort Pier because they know they can get quality cattle, and I think they they know they can get treated right in this town. Yeah, I bet you've enjoyed going out and meeting a lot of those families, as you mentioned. You've been doing it long enough. You've seen a lot of generations. Oh, I have a lot, a lot of the ranches. I wouldn't say a lot of them. I'm probably on the fourth generation. Um, <laughs> Dennis said the other day, Don Burke goes with me one time. He's older than me. He's, uh, he's going to be 90 in, uh, uh, December and I'm only 84. And Dennis, Dennis said over the radio that you see that outfit going down the road. There's 171 years of experience in there, you know, but, but it, um, I, I just, I guess if, if, if I ever quit that's what i'll miss is the people yeah. the people you know you you get to know a lot of things about them um the good and the bad maybe you know and and you know every family has maybe had to go through some things and whatever that that uh, so you get to be kind of part of their thing but i just i enjoy going and seeing and Whatever you know, and I'm lucky at at my ranch. Why uh, this morning I I got I helped load cattle at at one of my son's places, and and a, a grandson was was doing it, and uh, uh, pretty proud that uh, this old guy could uh, run a gate for him or whatever you know. Let's talk about some of the things that you do. I'll say on the side, you've got. A team, and you've done that for quite a while, correct? And given uh, wagon rides and been a part of a lot of events here locally. Well, I, I 
when I grew up, why um, I guess at one time I seen them hook 32 head of horses in the morning going to the fields. I was too young to drive and whatever's, but but in the winter time we fed with horses when I was growing up and whatever. So I learned to drive a team. Well, then when uh, when we decided this oxen deal, why um, we needed we knew we wouldn't go to drive the oxen all that way, so we bought a team and. And uh, anyway, I then started, they, they had a deal here in town that, uh, it, well, for a while they went every Thursday night. And uh, anyway, I, it was just a privilege to me to bring my team in and, and a nice wagon. And, and uh, you know, to start with, why well, we just, we gave uh, kids rides. But then we kind of learned that maybe dad and mom kind of like to ride in it too. And we do that to this day. We switched, got a different team because one team was getting older and stuff. But I enjoy people. And and uh, in fact, last summer at the deal I have downtown here, why there was a girl and, I, and she was with her grandmother and, and she was from Sioux Falls. And I got her up in front with me and I said, have you ever drove a team? She said, I've never seen a team. And before we got back, I had her, of course, I had a hold of the lines too, but I, I had her driving the team. And I don't know, I think that's Fort Pierce, South Dakota. Where else could you do them kind of things? And, uh, and like I said, then, you know, they, they have uh, the Casey Tibbs match of champions here. Well, first they were the people that were being kind of inducted way they put them in a pickup, and I said, oh, for Christ's sakes, let's, you know, this is Fort Pier. Uh, I'll bring my team and wagon, and, and it's an honor to uh, to haul them through the arena and well, as they're being, you know, announced. And then the Sterling family has a, a deal here to honor their dad, and they're there again. It's, it's just a privilege to me to bring this team and wagon. I know you aren't necessarily looking for a pat on the back, but you've done all that free over the years, right? People just come and, and ride. I've done it, I, I think, for the people that, that, that I get to meet and whatever. And, you know, I, I, you know whatever. Like I said, I'm 84 years old, and if, if some little kid is, is one little girl, she knew the name of the team, and every week she was there, and if mom wouldn't bring her, dad better. And she sat right up close to me in, in the back there, and she knew uh, uh, Dan and Dolly was that team's name, and she knew them and whatever. And what better feeling is there? Yeah, yeah. Do you have a lot of upkeep with the wagon and the team and to keep things rolling? Because uh, we don't have a lot of them around this day. Does it take a lot of work? Oh, not really. You know, I guess that um, I said the other day, you know, about harnessing the team, I guess, when – I hadn't for a lot of years, and, and uh, anyway, why I, I, you kind of remembered what your dad had taught you way back when, and um, you know when Red and I was first married, why we we lived right on the river down there, and, and uh, <laughs> had a team, and we were we were going and cutting logs, and anyway, uh, kind of forgot that. Uh, the current would take and, and uh, kind of swept my wagon a little bit, but we didn't lose the team or we didn't lose the thing. But it, I don't know. I enjoy it. I, I really do. I just I enjoy it. And it's an honor for me to get to come to Fort Pier and do it. You mentioned the oxen earlier. So talk about that. Why did you get involved in that and, and, and how did it go? 
Well, <laughs> I think it was Brian Scott at at the one night at late at the sale barn. He said, "Well, it's too bad on this wagon train deal that there wasn't a team of oxen because that's what they what they normally drove." So well, I could, like a dummy, why I said, "Well, hell, I got them big bulldog and steers. We'll just make a team." I didn't even own a wagon at the time, and and. Uh, but anyway, before it got done, a son-in-law and a grandson, we made the bows, they made them, and uh, we broke eight big bulldog and steers to drive and and uh, drove them out of Fort Pier and whatever. And, and one little grandson said that him and Grandpa really learned a lot about it. And it's true, you know. Uh, think of, of how the old freighter left here and went clear to the hills, left Fort Pier. You know, because at that time, stuff came across on a on a boat, and then they loaded it and went went to Deadwood with it, and whatever. And and really, to me, it was a just a big honor to get to to do that. And like I said, my my family, uh, you know, uh, one daughter was driving in Deadwood the team, and one daughter was a horseback, and and. Uh, my wife Loretta was like always. She was kind of making damn sure we all got it done like we were supposed to. And I was a horseback, and the grandson was leading them, you know. And and I guess to me, a family is what still this old country is about. Yeah. How long did it take to get the oxen and, and get all that done? I wouldn't think that'd be an overnight type of deal. Oh God, no, no. We spent all summer, you know. In in fact, uh, somebody wanted to quit it. At, at six oxen, and I said, "Now nah, we said we was going to drive eight, we'll drive eight. Oh, no, we, uh, there was some, oh, how would you say, maybe wrecks, kind of, but uh, like I said, but it, but it was a family deal, three generations of us, you know, and don't get no better than that. And you drove them in Deadwood then? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, we drove them, and they, they uh, <clears throat> really, the guy that was ahead of the wagon train that left from here to there, uh, <laughs> Didn't think we ought to be up in the front of it, but the, the people from Deadwood wanted that team, that ox team, and um, you know, right up in the front, and they were. Well, in the early days, is that how they would have done it all with oxen instead of horses? Oh yes, yeah, yeah you know, and they and they, yeah, most all of the big the pictures you see, you know, but they had more oxen hooked. They maybe have twelve or so strung out, and and. Uh, like I said, we we learned, and I say we, my family and I, why we learned a really lot about the history and stuff just because we we did it, and and I, I, well, and like I say, how how to make the stuff and how to, you know, and and I guess, you know, you get my age, why um, I guess maybe I am a little history. <laughs> Well, I would think it did take a little research, didn't it? Because is there anybody else really around doing any of that type of stuff? I mean, did you pretty much have to read and create it all? Yeah, yeah. we sent and got some books and and whatever, and and you know, and like I said, I had a grandson that uh, a son-in-law, really, Lee McCurran, that uh, uh, figured out how to make the yokes and whatever, and and like the bows. Why he he went down that. Bass Creek, south of Kadoka, and found the right kind of a tree to to make them out of, and and uh, and then you know we had four of them. One one hangs in my house. Them yokes today, you know, and uh, 
how would you say, Loretta had a little trouble finding the right wall to put it on, you know, but she did. But, but no, it, you know, it, it, it just, it, to me, it was just the history of this town and the whole thing. It, it, it was, I don't know, it, it was neat. You mentioned the history of this town. Yeah, talk about some of that because it's got to be kind of special being in a town that has so much history for the cattle and the ranches and, and history here and so forth. When we were first married, um, well, 62 years ago about now, Loretta bought in the store right across the street. It was Row Hardware at the time, and uh, she still has some pans that she bought there. She had a little money left over when uh, we got married, and that's she went and bought stuff because she cooked for a crew of men there and whatever. And and, and like me, there's uh, Fort Pierce been my town for, well, I guess the first picture I've had in 1948. I'd only been, what, 11. From that time on, I've done something in, in this town and... You know, just like the 4-H finals is here. I don't know how many people that brings to town. Now the state high school finals is here. I'll grant you what, it fills this town up when when they come. And the 4th of July rodeo is probably the, the oldest rodeo in South Dakota. It just, it just makes you proud that this is your town. Well, you should mention that, uh, you know, the, the Casey Tibbs centers up here. You've got a lot of cowboy and rodeo history, but also current day here. Oh, very true. You know, and and if anybody ever comes to this town and don't go up on the hill and look at all the all the things that's up there, uh, man, they 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 need to. You know, and and just this this whole town is is really and truly it's uh, you know it's western, but yet it's modern. Uh, you know, maybe had at one time when the when the Wahi Dam was being built, the reputation was a little bad. It was pretty Western, you know. I mean, uh, you know, maybe it was a fight or two in town or ten or whatever. And and really, uh, it's still a Western cowboy town. Well, and I'm sure you have uh, still a lot of you still have a lot of pride and hope in the the livestock auction here because it's going as strong as it probably ever has, isn't it? I think it's bigger. You know, at one time, Fort Bear Livestock, uh, for about three years, was the biggest one in the nation. And uh, it wouldn't surprise me this last year if they weren't again, uh, you know, and because of the drought, there was lots and lots of cattle coming. But, you know, the the, the people that uh, come downtown and, and... and just, I mean, it, it's still a western town. Tell me about meeting your wife, because it was just right down here, right? Yeah, there's a dance hall just, just where, the, where the museum is now. And, you know, they'd always have a good western band. And that's where I met Loretta. The ladies would kind of sit along on one side, and it seemed like us guys would, would all be standing over someplace else. But, uh, yeah, you know, and it's kind of one of them deals that... Uh, and I wrote this, and you know, I, I just wrote a book about my life, or my daughters actually did. And you know, I think about the second time I dated her, I knew she was the one. But damn, when you're a cowboy, you hate to give up, you know. And and uh, she put in this book that um, one summer that I that we broke up kind of the summer because I found a 
chicked a, a barrel racer that had an air-conditioned car that I could rodeo in. I said, you're not going to put that in the book. And she said, well, it's the damn truth, ain't it? And, and if you know my wife, Loretta, why, that's the way it was. So, but, uh, but yeah, this town was where you came, and the dance, and Warren's Western Swing, and, and uh, good Western bands, you know. Well, is that where a lot of kids from the ranches would come in on the weekend and meet? Is that what, what happened with you guys then? Yeah, and they didn't have to be kids. <laughs> the whole, this is where they came for the Saturday night in Fort Pier was, was always fun. You know, and uh, when we was rodeoing hard, well, you sure tried to come to Fort Pier on Saturday night. I appreciate the time. This has been fun. Anything I've left out? No, not that I know of, you know. it. Um, we, we'll probably both think of something that we wish you'd have said. But, no, I, I'm, I'm proud that this is my town. I hope you enjoyed my visit with Willie. As you can see, he's had quite a cowboy life, and he still has much to do for his family and the people of his area. The town of Fort Pier has done a really nice job of showcasing many of the historic sites and local businesses. One of the jewels is the Casey Tibbs Rodeo Center Museum. It's outstanding. That's it for this week's show. I appreciate you listening. Remember, you can hear all of our shows at farmingthecountryside.com, on many local radio stations, or on your favorite podcast platform. And you can follow Farming the Countryside on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube as well. In fact, subscribe to the Farming the Countryside YouTube channel see the local FFA chapter put the top on our silage pit. It's quite a crew and a unique time-lapse video to see. I'm Andrew McRae. I'll catch you next time on Farming the Countryside. This edition of Farming the Countryside has been brought to you by Pivot Bio Proven. Turn to a better nitrogen. Learn more at pivotbio.com.